Here we are on Friday, August 18th, which means a day away from 49ers Broncos at Levi Stadium, a day away from post Gaiman Damon rejoining you. We're going to go right live at the two minute warning. We're going to jump right in and start doing post game. And when I think of doing 49er post game, there's one guy I think of because we did so many together. That guy is Larry Kruger and it's time for a home and home. It's been a while. What's going on, Larry? How are you, pal? Man, doing great, man. Warm day out here in the Creek, but, um, 49er off day, of course, with the game tomorrow. So no practice today. I got out of the sun and, uh, you know, enjoying the off day. And then I got so many different things I want to do on the off day that I've already streamed, uh, two times. This would be the third stream. And I've got, uh, two more planned after this. So it's like, I'm making sure that, uh, we're getting it in, getting it in on a Friday. Like James Brown, you're the hardest working man in show business. Someone should come up behind you and throw a cape over you as you just collapse into a sweaty pile in the middle of the <laughs> stage. Uh, look, your your stuff is great, obviously. I tune in to see what your reasoned, experienced eye training camp reports tell you. And I guess we got to go back, Larry, to like Wednesday, Thursday this week where it was Brock is sitting. We're going to go with Sam Darnold and then comes Trey where today the conversation changed just a little and maybe we see Brock. Do you think Brock takes the field against the Denver Broncos? And if it were just your choice, would you put him out there? Yeah, I, I think he will. And I would, I'd, I'd put him out there. Um, you know, you want the Niners can't ease into this season. They have to hit the ground running. They lost in week one to an inferior opponent last year on the road. And, um, you know, it's in the past, they've like, all right, let's just bring a ton of energy to week one and then we'll iron out the bugs from there. No, that's not this year. This year, they they're all in on winning in week one and trying to fire a good, you know, the strongest effort. They, the Steelers have an incredible home record in week one under Mike Tomlin, especially at Heinz Field. And so the Niners, I think, are smart to put Brock out there. Don't put him out there for a half, but put him out there for a couple series. I mean, he looked great in the practice yesterday. Uh, I think he was like 13 of 19 and uh, throwing all kinds of dimes. I, I, It was amazing. He really had probably one of his best practices. And um, let's see what it looks like. You know, you, I just don't want him to go into that game and give away even the first quarter uh, or the first half. You know, I mean, get Chicago last year. What happened? They had trade Drake Greenlaw had a couple bad penalties. They had a couple defensive busts, busted plays. And guess what happens? You get a couple untimely penalties, a couple busted plays. You're on the road. You fall behind at the wrong time. The monsoon comes and you're sunk. So um, I think it's more imperative this year that they get off to a fast start, especially because they don't want to go to Philly. They want Philly to come to them. And I really believe it is a two-team conference. So um, got to get that first week one win. I think they will, but it's going to be a tough one because it's a tough place to play. It'll be a real challenge for the O-line and for Brock Purdy. No matter who the quarterback is, all eyes on the quarterback, but you just said, I'm interested in the offensive line, whether it's the starters or not. You just, preseason football is disposable, but you do not in any football scenario want to be whipped at the line of scrimmage. They got whipped at the line of scrimmage, Larry, in Las Vegas. And that to me was the only like 
preseason red flag I really took out of that game. A couple of moody misses aren't a great way to start, but you know, he, he shouldn't be nervous in front of a lot of people. He kicked at Michigan Stadium, which should, you know, it's bigger than any NFL stadium. So it, it I, I was a little bit disappointed to miss some kicks when the spotlight went on. Hopefully that just takes care of itself and it just comes out in the wash. But you don't want to get beat up at the line of scrimmage. And the Niners got their asses kicked. Yeah, but I mean, that's like me saying, man, I tuned into the Damon Bruce show and it sucked. And then all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, I was on vacation that week and you were listening to Bob Jones. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? On Bob, he's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, how critical can we be of Damon when Damon wasn't there in the studio to the show I was listening to? And how can we be super critical of the Niner offensive line? When the first team line, Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, Spencer Burford, and Colton McKivitz did not play. <laughs> I mean, um, the, the the bottom line is your backup defensive linemen and offensive linemen matter, but your backup defensive linemen are going to play every week. Your backup offensive linemen really only play if they're injuries for the most part. I mean, you might have a guy that comes in or out in a situation. Last like year, Spencer Burford. Yeah, Brunskill and Burford shared right guard last year. But, like, you know, the, the the bottom line on this one is Trent Williams is as good a left tackle as there is. I like Banks and Burford. I think they're two really good young guards. Brendel was a Pro Bowl alternate. Colton McKivitz is really in the best shape of his career. I think primed for a good year. Um, he's a good pass protector. So that first-team line is worlds better than Matt Pryor, John Feliciano, Nick Sakel, Jalen Moore. You know, and that's those are the guys who actually played. So, yeah, if the Niner first-team line had gotten beaten down, I mean, and you're right, they gave up pass pressures on the quarterback. They only ran for two-and-a-half yards of carry. They got their you-know-what's handed to them by the Raider defensive front. But that's the bad news. The good news is none of the guys who played, if things go according to plan, will be playing um, in Pittsburgh. Do you watch the J.T. O'Sullivan quarterbacking school where he just broke down the first couple of plays that Trey, you know, he he got off the field with three and outs early, but it wasn't just offensive line breakdown. Trey is, his eyes are not where they need to be in Shanahan's offense. And J.T. O'Sullivan said, look, this is the NFL equivalent of wide open. You have to make this throw and missing this read is the kind of thing that drives Kyle Shanahan insane. And if there's any love loss between Shanahan and Trey Lance, it's not because the kid isn't a hard worker. He doesn't respect him. It's because he doesn't see this read right here in Kyle's offense. This is wide open. This is read one. You have to let it go. Did you see what I'm talking about? And again, JT O'Sullivan, uh, you know, knows a thing or two about playing in this league, uh, being, uh, you know, doubted in this league. I don't think he's trying to cast dispersions ab- about anyone. He hasn't made an official Trey Lance yes or no vote like so many people want to have already made. He's just going by what he sees on the film. And and when he explains it, it, it is a little concerning. It really is. I know he hasn't had a lot of reps, but he should look a tad more comfortable in his decisions, in his process. Well, I, I did the deep the deepest of deep dives that I could do on Trey's performance, right? I went play by play, looked at every aspect of it. What I found was Trey played 27 plays. Seven of them were running plays. So he had 20 pass plays of those 20 pass plays. I had uh, nine good pass plays and um, 
Did his not- touchdown ricochet to Dwelly count as a good or bad pass play bad. to you? Okay, bad. good. That was good. a bad pass play. Um, so I had nine good pass plays. I had nine poor pass plays with um, two O-line breakdowns. And I had the, you know, just give you, let's go first play for a second. First and 10 on the minus 25. Niners were in 12 personnel, which is one back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. Raiders were in a standard 4-3 look. Cornerbacks were in the off coverage in kind of a two-deep shell. And then what happened here was John Jenkins, you know, bulldozed Nick Zakel into the face of Trey. And while that was happening, Jalen Moore gave up pressure uh, to Jordan Willis, and Willis and Jenkins met at the quarterback. Uh, but when you watch it again and again and again, what you see is that, you know, Lance had a window. The first guy was open. The window opened and closed. He didn't react. Then then he basically didn't move his feet. And, you know, once you got fa- pressure in your face on a three-step drop, I mean, he just got he got sacked between his offensive lineman and the defensive lineman. So that was the first play, and it was a bad play by Trey. He missed the window, and then he didn't react to the to the pressure in his face. You got to right. move your feet. Uh, and then let's move to play three. It was a third and six play on the 29. Niners and 11 personnel, three wides, one back, one tight end. And the ball's on the left hash. Tight end lined up in, in a flex look to the right. Goes in motion pre-snap. Running back is offset. Lance is in the shotgun. And basically, um, Lance had Dwelly open to his left on a short out route, and he pump fakes it to Dwelly, who was absolutely wide open, sitting in a wide open zone defense, bracket coverage, and he froze. Lance froze. He didn't get rid of the ball. He took a second sack. Kuntz and Rochelle were in his lap. Pryor and Zakel gave up the pressure, but it was a it was a Lance screw up because he was a he was a step slow with his clock. And the ball should have come out, and he hesitated, and that hesitation is all it takes. So his timing was off. But if you looked at the first nine plays, they were a lot worse than how he finished. And I just think that you got to account for the fact that talking about the guy's first live action since September of last year, talking about a guy who's super inexperienced. I know people look at those things as weak excuses, but it's just it's just the reality of the situation. I thought he played better football as that game progressed, and he I did. expect him to play better this week against Denver. I really do. If there's one thing that Kyle has told us definitively, he couldn't give a rip about putting on a show in the preseason for he fans. Doesn't even game plan. Yeah, no, no. Well, there is no game plan in going into these games, which means they're – they're tough to evaluate from a here's what I think I saw today standpoint. Um, there is no desire in Kyle to say, all right, everyone, we know you're going to halfway fill up Levi Stadium to come out and see uh, you know, a, a game that doesn't matter. But I'm going to start with Sam Darnold. Or, or maybe not. Maybe you will get Brock Purdy for a play or two. But then I do think it's going to be Darnold. Then they're just going to save the second half for Lance. And then I tell you. Do you think they're going to carry three quarterbacks? I do. I, I do think they're going to carry three quarterbacks more than they're going to unearth a level of interesting play from Trey Lance that will make him trade bait in the next couple of weeks. I think they're going to, I know they're going to keep three quarterbacks. I just don't know that it's going to be Trey Lance. Um, you know, the, you got to remember this, you know, the Niners. Yeah. Brock Purdy's cheap. 
uh, as far as, and I don't mean that he won't tip or anything. I mean, just right. mean that, that he's, inex- he's inexpensive. He's only making 840 grand. Right. His, his, his salary doesn't even count towards the salary cap. That's right. how little money he makes. Right. Exactly. Cause only the top, like certain number of players count and he's not on that list. Um, but the Niners are staring at a monumental cap mini crisis in 2024. And it's really imperative that they roll over as many dollars as possible and so, you know, you got Trey Lance sitting there as a $9 million third-string quarterback. I mean, if he's their third-string quarterback, are they going to stay with him? Or are they going to move him? And then if they move him, there's going to be a lot of criticism if they only get a six-round pick. So how's this all going to come down? And yet they brought in Brandon Allen and paid him a million dollars, which is right on par with what third-string quarterbacks typically make. So Darnold's here, going to be here. Purdy's here, is going to be here. The question is, Who's going to be here between seven, you know, between uh, Brandon Allen and Trey Lance? And I think that if the if Trey Lance shows anything, there still are some teams that I could see the 49ers trading Trey Lance. And I, I've talked about it all offseason to the point where people are like, shut the fuck up. You know, we don't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> but I said it in February that based on what I'm hearing from the 49ers, and I'm not, I don't have no pipeline to Lynch or Shanahan, but just publicly what they're saying. I see them recommitting to Brock Purdy as their guy and then moving off of Trey Lance. And I said it in February. That was before they even had Sam Darnold, before they even had Brandon Allen. Now they've added these two guys, so they've they've given themselves a surplus. And what do you do when you have a surplus? You trade off of that surplus. I really believe there's a very good chance that the 49ers are going to find a team that has a veteran player who's a free agent at the end of the year that would normally go for, I don't know, let's say a second or a third round pick, right? And they're going to say to that team, hey, we'll give you our third round pick and Trey Lance for that player and a day three pick. And I think there's a better than 50-50 chance that Trey Lance gets dealt before Pittsburgh. Um, and I, I don't have any sources on that. The teams that come to mind would be Washington for either Chase Young and Mo- or Montez Sweat um, or even Tampa Bay for Devin White. But I just think that if you if the 49ers aren't going to put Trey Lance number two, and they're not, Sam Darnold's probably going to be number two. Um, then, and, and you just heard Mike Lombardi, even though he was very ineloquent in how he voiced it. That was the- weird. Yeah. <laughs> it was Michael weird. Marty. That was weird. But beyond the mama and the crib and that whole thing, <laughs> yeah. beyond that, he the other more more you know concrete point was Trey Lance ain't going to be the backup quarterback, and so I don't think he just means ain't going to be the number two. I think he just means they're not going to keep him at nine million dollars as the backup quarterback. I think they're gonna they're going to sell it as Trey Lance needs to play. Trey Lance needs a change of scenery. We are going to be able to get a piece that's going to help us win a championship, and they're going to find a way to go with Purdy and Darnold and Brandon Allen. I really kind of if – I, if, I, if it doesn't happen, they also could trade Brandon Allen for a seventh. Heck, they could cut Brandon Allen and let him go and just go with Trey as number three, and that would probably be the least controversial. But I, my sense of it, and I'll just stay with my take in February, that they evaluated last year, Damon, they looked at the playoff run. They looked at the whole thing. They do it in all teams do this. You know this. They do an autopsy on the season, and it's huge. The coaches, the scouts, they do a whole breakdown. Even the players on some level will do a breakdown. The whole thing. Yeah, we're gonna 
and we are going to do an autopsy on our season, and we are going to make definitive movements. And I got the sense that they're going to, they were going to commit to Brock Purdy and move off of Trey Lance. And Darnold was a step in that direction. Brandon Allen was a second step in that direction. Trey Lance was available for a trade at the draft. They didn't get what they wanted. The talk is, according to Mike Silver, they were getting conditional fifth-round picks. They don't want that. But as the cutdown, a team like Tampa that has Devin White, they, they want a third-round pick for Devin White. But they also need a quarterback. And I think the Niners may say, here, here's a third-round pick. Oh, yeah, and here's a quarterback. Like, they could have gotten Devin White for just a third, but they'll give him – they'll give him Trey Lance in a third and try to get some day three pick to go along with it and, and move on and move on. I I, I really think they're on the verge of doing that. Uh, I could be wrong. I thought he'd be traded by the draft. It didn't happen, but it wasn't because I was wrong. It was because they, nobody gave him an offer that was attractive enough. I think here at the cutdown, there's a lot of different ways to go about this, to make this look differently. Uh, I could see Lance moved at the, at the cutdown. Let's presume you're wrong. It's Purdy, Darnold, and Lance. Yeah. What do you think of the theory of the Trey Lance that you hoped you might have seen his rookie year, where it was going to be the Trey package? You know, the goal line, he was going to represent the changeup to the normal 49ers offense fastball. What do you think of the chance of Trey Lance being kept on this team and finally, in some way, being unleashed as a, a razzle-dazzle, didn't expect it, here's something else to consider. And that also protects, you know, you, you can't protect your starting quarterback. They're in, in danger of being hurt every single time they're in the game, and you want your starting quarterback in the game because that's the game. But it also then it protects Sam Darnold from any exposure, and, it you know, he is really, he turns into break in case of emergency, and Trey Lance finally fills the what you thought you might have seen in his rookie year role. I'd say zero chance. Showcase him a little. I'd say zero. Zero chance. Because one, they tried that with Jimmy in that first year. And, you know, it's just like um the the veterans pushed back and said, No, we don't want that. And also, I don't see a scenario in the red zone that you would may be advantaged to take Brock Purdy off the field for Trey Lance. Brock Purdy's accuracy in the red zone is incredible. I mean, his ability to score touchdowns and throw touchdown passes and buy extra time. I mean, I mean he's, he's made it work too. That's the thing. I actually think there's just a world where Brock Purdy moves better on a football field than Trey Lance ever will. Oh, he de- well, first of all, he does move better in a – his 10-yard split is one five four. I mean, to put that in perspective, Tyreek Hill's 10-yard split is one five zero. So, I mean, he's got unbelievable quickness. Um, you're talking about the quickest player in the league in Hill. I mean, he's – and Brock's right there. Um, so, yeah, I just I, – I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening for a bunch of reasons. One, I don't think Trey's going to be two. I think he's going to be three. Just throwing so then, out ideas. Just throwing no, out ideas. No, no, I'm not crushing it. I'm just saying yeah. because of the structure, you'd have to make him the two and Sam the three. I don't think right. that's going to happen. And, and then you'd have to take Purdy off the field. I don't think that's going to happen. And then – you'd have to convince the veterans that it wasn't a slap at Brock Purdy. And they've already kind of voiced their opinion. Uh, I don't, I don't, even though it makes, there is, there's arguments that make sense, but like also you say razzle dazzle Purdy might be faster with a better, more accurate arm. So I'm not sure if there's razzle or dazzle with Trey Lance. 
Uh, at what point will you become concerned Nick Bosa is not reported for duty? Um, Monday. Like in a couple days. Because I, I, I looked at this a long time ago, and I thought, and I, I still told you and everybody else, I don't want Nick Bosa until between the 15th and the 20th. Well, today's the 18th. And so the game's tomorrow, the 19th, and then Sunday's the 20th. I'd like to see him sign Sunday or Monday, get a couple days of practice next week, and um, maybe play a series against the Chargers. If not, just be there on the sidelines. But get a cup, get a couple live practices in, and hop um, in some meetings. Yeah, get getting some meetings. High meet, five a few teammates. Meet a few other new guys. You know, yeah. I mean, they do. I mean, you got to remember this. D line is just hunt the quarterback, but under Chris Kosarek, he does operate with some really high level games. And when I'm talking about games, I'm talking about stunts and that kind of thing, twists. And there's some coordination that's involved. And it would be nice to have him there for, I mean, he knows how to do everything, but it would be nice to have him there for a couple practices going into that Charger game and then a full week of practice going into the Steeler game. And I think it will get done. I, I, I think. You know, we we haven't got any word of anything. I think we're. I think there's a very good chance that the Niners announce that Nick Bosa has signed his contract during the game tomorrow, during the game, where everybody can be like, "Yeah," you know, right. the cheer goes up and Niner faithful. Ah, oh, Nick Bosa signed. Forty Niners have signed that they have have announced that they've signed Nick Bosa. Yeah. And Monday there'll be a little presser, and then he's out of practice Tuesday. And yeah. Waldman. Oh my God, Roger Clemens is in the press box. Oh my, Roger Clemens is actually in the press box with Jason George's box. Oh Roger <laughs> Clemens is here. <laughs> that was Susan Susan Waldman. She on got the call really excited. there. Hey, really? Oh my goodness, Roger Clemens. Roger. Oh, man. Um, look, post-game and Damon is officially returning <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, I don't know what you're doing. I know that you can command a huge audience wherever you show up. If you got any inclination to join me for a little while, Larry, that'd be great. Again, I don't even How know. How long are you going for? How long are you planning? We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll let it roll and we'll, we'll see where it goes. All right. The well, I, I can't, com I can't commit, but possibly. Okay, I, I, I totally understand. And if you're doing something a little bit later on, I'm off the air. I'll hop on with you. But again, yep. I don't know what it is we're even really looking at other than hopefully nobody gets hurt. Hopefully a nice, some nice passes are thrown, some good passes are caught, some good tackles are made, and everybody walks off the field healthy because there is no game plan. There really is no strategy that is being implemented. If Moody gets in there to make a couple kicks, that'll be good. What I kind of want to see is just another confirmation, too, that Jair Brown is who I think he is. And I think he can play. He might have had the best game in Las Vegas of anyone who suited up for the 49ers. Yeah, he looks good. He looks good. I mean, I'll tell you what's on the line in this game. I'll give you give you the quick 30-second breakdown on this Ooh, game. Give it to me. All right. Ronnie Bell, Tay Martin battling for probably one wide receiver spot. You could that throw Willie, Willie yeah. Sneed in there as well. Um, Il Manning, number 60, the offensive lineman's had a great week of practice. And I think Il Manning and John Feliciano are going to be the backup O-linemen. And I don't think the backup tackles on the roster. So all the rest of that line, I don't think it's worth watching. Cameron Latou, the rookie tight end at Alabama, is having a nightmarish uh, preseason and training camp. Him and Braden Willis are so competing. I, hold on. Be, before you keep on going to Braden Willis, 
Matt Mayoko, who is hardly, you know, uh, someone who tries to pack something is exactly. He even said this guy hasn't caught anything thrown at him in the preseason. What what is going on there? What's going on is that he's a raw player who used to be a defensive end and is his head is spinning because of all of the complexities of an NFL offense and a Shanahan offense in particular, and especially with the use of the tight end, it's there's lots of shifts, right? There's lots of motions. There's lots of tight end for the Niners and a lot of other teams. You have to, to be not just a tight end to be a quarterback, a wide receiver, an O lineman, a tight end, basically anybody, but the running back, you have to be really, really, really smart. Uh, and even the running backs. I mean, the fullback is a and real... the running back went to Stanford, by the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. And 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 the and the fullback who they have went to Harvard, and the backup fullback was a mechanical engineering major at Oregon State. So I mean, they have some real brain power in that backfield. But my point is just that there's so many shifts and motions. There's so it's so vast. This guy's talented, and he's just fine. He just is his he's he's dropping the ball because his head is spinning with too many facts. My prediction is they will make up some form of an injury, find a way to get them on IR, um, and shelve them so they don't lose them. I don't think they're going to expose them to waivers, but there's no chance in hell he's going to make the roster. He's he's just fumbling the ball. You can't you can't depend on him. But they'll figure out a way to retain him. Um, that would be my guess. I'd be very very surprised if Cameron Latou gets cut. Um, but I think they'll go with Willis and Kittle, obviously, and then one of Fumagalli, Dwelly, or Warner. Uh, so that's one of the things to watch for. And then uh, the other things to watch for, um, the def- defensive line. I mean, Robert Beal Jr., uh, Taco Charlton, Alex Barrett, uh, those guys are bad. Austin Bryant, those guys are battling for a spot or two. The Niners have two phenomenal rookie linebackers and D. Winters and Jalen Graham. Just enjoy watching them. And then um, the nickel. The nickel spot, Isaiah Oliver was signed for $4 million, and he didn't play well against the Raiders, and uh, they're not going to wait around. So if uh, Oliver doesn't play well, he's not going to make the team, or if he makes the team, he's going to be in a backup role. Um, <clears throat> but look for the rest of those guys, Deshaun Jameson, Ambry Thomas, Quantrez Knight, Sammy Womack, uh, Taylor Hawkins. There's a couple jobs available in that secondary, and the guys are going to be flying around. Who's returning kicks and punts? Deshaun Jameson is, um, and I tried to tell people this, you know, three weeks ago. People were like, "Oh, Deshaun Jameson's a this great corner." One, I asked you. I said, "Is there one name we should keep an eye on?" And this is the name you gave. Yeah, because Jameson is not just a corner, and he's been a really good corner this summer. He's a dynamic return guy. But what I didn't realize, Damon, is that he's not just a dynamic return guy. He's an experienced, almost like veteran return guy who knows yeah. how to read his blocks and his very patient and i watched him throughout all the special teams practices this week this guy doesn't drop the ball he's very sure-handed he's very he knows how to read blocks so watch jameson as a return man larry it's always great to chop it up with you man you are one of the best when it comes to knowing the roster seeing the roster and i look forward to an awful lot of conversations throughout the entire year a home and home damon bruce larry krueger Two former radio guys who are trying to figure it out over here. Larry, <laughs> you're figuring it out in extraordinary ways. What, over a million views this month? First time ever on the Krug Show. A million views of our content, live streams and videos. Very proud of that. And uh, onward and upward, man. You're building over there. And the beautiful thing about this, 
to tomorrow is always better than today. Well, hopefully for the Niners because they're playing tomorrow. Larry, thank you so much, man. Always great to talk to you. Good seeing you, man. The one and only Larry Kruger. And let me invite all of you once again, be here on the Plus at the two-minute warning of 49ers and Denver Broncos. We're going to go live. We're going to be jumping right into the chat room. Your feedback, my feedback. What did we just see? What can we make of it? How do we interpret it? All on the table. Post-game and Damon is back. I can't wait to do it. What's some of the most fun memories I have as a broadcaster? We're doing 49ers post-game, and we'll be doing it once again here live exclusively on YouTube. So hopefully you plan on joining me. In the meantime, thanks for tuning in. Great to have Larry aboard. And as always, sports don't build character. They reveal it.